Towards the far post, Riften, Anton! Tain, Barisha, Diamante! Durante with a free header! And the honour of Western United's first A-League goal goes to a familiar face. Bessart, Barisha! It's Connor Payne on the left. Alessandro Diamante, the ball on a string and... Oh, Diamante! The Western service crew are celebrating. Welcome back to All Out West. I am your host, Wallace, and this week I'm joined by Kelsey, Scott, and the return of Jay. How you going, big fella? Yeah, not bad, not bad. This injury had me out for a couple of weeks, but yeah. I'm, I'm back. That's good. Did you have to see the physio? Nah, nah, not for what I had. <laughs> <laughs> That's all good. And what a week in the A-League. I feel like I'm saying this every week. Adelaide drowned Newcastle in goals. Well, I think the only ex-Woo players score for Jets as Stammer sinks his first, which Scott will get to it. Don't bring it up just yet, big fella. Hold off. Yeah, just, just calm your farm. Brisbane and the Nucks have a one-all draw. Wanderers get three past glory, and the big blue becomes an ocean. What was your highlights, guys? Of this weekend? Yeah. Honestly, the AFL coming back. <laughs> <laughs> as much as I had to say it wasn't a good weekend for us, yeah. us supporters. There were a couple of... Uh, if we're talking A-League, honestly, the highlight of the weekend was um, probably the Adelaide game because Cavs was playing all right. Yeah, it's good to see him play well, um, and there were a few goals in that one as well. Well, the big blue was drowned out ex- essentially, and yeah, that would that would that would have sucked for all the travelling victory fans. But like, good on him for calling it off for safety. Yeah, on a second note, um, it was really good that a bunch of the victory fans, uh, not uh, fans, and the actual staff met up at a. a the pub or whatever and had a few beers. Able to hash out some of their differences, hopefully. Yeah. It's probably the hardest cruise has worked and probably the only things you'll sink all year. <laughs> do, you, do you reckon he fell over afterwards? Oh, he's probably getting compo from that pub. I hear he's looking for a penalty for tripping over the bar stool in the 37th minute. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just have to add as well, my highlight of the week was Stammer. He's back. <laughs> oh, <laughs> really? He's back. <laughs> I think my highlight is just one individual moment by DP. Yeah. But we'll get on to that. Just before we go too much further, I'd like to talk about... Um, did you go to the AFL this week, Joe? I did, yeah. You guys went as well. Yes. What was your game day experience like in contrast to going to A-League games at the moment? Because there that has been a bit of a contentious point online. Completely night and day. Yeah? Yeah. It's the different, yeah night and day is a good and way to summarise it. Not having to go at the AFL here, having to go at the security... Yeah, I've got no problem with, because it's also worth mentioning that over the last few weeks, we've all slagged off the AFL and the NRL. It's not their fault. It's not their fans' fault. It's it's the security, you know. So it's as much as I liked being at the footy, I, I just couldn't help but think, it's like, why isn't the A-League, why aren't we allowed to move this freely in the A-League? Yeah. It's the perception of what they believe in the A-League versus what AFL crowds are like. And it's just the warped perception of it. Because we were allowed to stand, we were allowed to cheer. There was nothing no different than what you get in a normal A-League game. There was no row row in between. We didn't we saw, have any rows no, in between. No. The only row that was blocked was row A. Yeah. And that was it. Just row A of the MCJ. I was up at... Um, so which game did you go to? The Richmond Carlton. Oh, so I went to... Uh, I couldn't get down to that one. I went to the Doggies and... Uh, Collingwood. Collingwood. And I was up on the fourth floor. Um, grass seats. You could see everything. But literally no separation. Of course, like there were some seats, obviously the seat separation because not all the seats were sold out. I think it was 40, 46, 47,000 that was there. But uh, it's like 30. They currently have like 28,000 at the game. No, it was at the G. Oh, was it the G yeah, too, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Because yeah, it, yeah, it was a Collingwood home game. So there was about 46,000. 
But um, doesn't matter when everyone's just walking past each other. You know, the bars were packed out because they didn't have as much open. But you know, the bars would get packed out at half, uh, quarter time, half time, and of- then um, you know. What's the point of having seats blocked off when there's queues and queues and queues of people outside the ground, you know, hundreds of people trying to get in, and then the security or the outer security are freaking out, just rushing people through. It's like, what and then, co- they, then they jump on it after the game, everyone just crams into a train and heads back into the city. So it's like, what's the point of the separation if everyone's just going to be everywhere anyway? Well, that's what got us was when we left was the amount of people running into one another. It was just a free-for-all, no organized structure of, Hey, if you're leaving this gate, walk out this way into like open space. It was everyone just walked their merry way. And the other difference is, yeah, I think the AFR are about to push to 75% capacity within the next week or two. But that shows the power they have yep. in this state versus the A League. If they and pull their sport away from that ground, that ground misses out. If A League pull away from that ground, they don't care. Exactly. And that's the buying power of the AFL audience and what they flaunt to government. And that's why they get their way, which it is what it is. But it shows that we, like, uh, professional football, soccer, if you will, across all divisions, needs equal representation in in government, getting what we need. Well, that's the problem. Like, with Amy Park, they don't care about the A-League because it's all about Storm at Amy Park. Mm. That's why they're getting away with more than what the A-League is at the moment. Rebels to a lesser degree. I, also, rugby in general is getting away with more. The re- oh, the Rebels. I, I, I forgot that a union existed for a moment there. But. We all do. <laughs> um, the Lingerie Football League has disbanded. Ah. We've discussed this before, but they would probably rank higher. Especially than the Rebels. I don't think they've won a game ever. <laughs> do Rebels even get a big crowd? They get less than we do. Oh, they get about the same. <laughs> at Amy, yeah. But um, I think ARL pays more than what pays a bit more. They'd offset the loss probably. Yeah. The, the only good thing about the AFL, just quickly, is if they can get up to 75%, then we can make a, a strong case, you'd think, like for double standards. Yeah. And So, you know, if the AFL has pulling power, hopefully some of that uh, filters down through to us and we get to have the scraps of, you know, whatever they can figure out. But thanks for the perspective on that, guys. I didn't go, and we all know I'm not a huge AFL fan. So it's good to hear the perspective and a direct contrast of how these things are being managed for game day experience. Yeah, enough about the AFL. Let's move on to the news. Yep. Uh, So last week, West United have confirmed that they will be playing against CCM on the 17th of April and Wellington on the 22nd of April in Tasmania. But wait, there's more. There is a festival of football pass now being introduced for $49 for adults, $20 $20 for kids and $98 for two kids up to four juniors, which will include the below. Premium ticket to each game, VIP access and a family day fun uh, barbecue. Club supporter membership, including member pack, 20% off merchandise and a full-size Western United FC ball, which I am still yet to get. Can I say one thing? Migalo, migalo, migalo. I'm more excited than Big Kev was over cleaning products. Yeah. Wait, there's even more. We've got more than what Danos Direct have here. Oh, wow. Uh, there will also be open training on the 16th from 3pm. Uh, the match day will begin at 11am uh, from the 17th. And then the family fun day will be on the 18th at 9.30. Um, what, one quick update. City just scored. Uh, who's what? scored? But yeah, Tazzy, I think that's lining out with a f- uh, festival of fun. To be honest, doing the whole membership packs and all that jazz. I think that's a really good way to like spruce up our membership numbers for the season. As long as Buddy Yo Mafia is not there or I'm on the first flight back to the mainland. <laughs> but also I think uh, 
I think Western Service Crew, a lot of the members down there, will also be heading to Tasmania and will be showing up to as many events as possible. We're going to make sure there's a lot of noise, a lot of fun. But yeah, I think it's going to be a really fun day. Western Service Crew is going to be there. I will not be, sadly. A majority of Western Service Crew are actually going to this one, so it's not like we're going to be quiet down there. We're going to be going to as many bars as possible to recruit as many uh, new members to come join us and sing as loud as we can and support the team from the, the, the Taz. Also worth mentioning, we are planning on flying out, I think it's game day, is it? The 17th? Yes, Saturday the 17th and, and we'll be flying back on Friday Friday morning. We'll be posting a lot of information coming up soon once we get a set flight so everyone can sort of jump on the same flight and head over together and you know enjoy the experience all together and have as much fun as we can. I, I do think the big game will be the Mariners game because I know a lot. I've spoken to a few people and I know that they there is a few people just heading up for the weekend and flying back Sunday Monday because that is a bit hard to take a week off. But um, there's also quite a few people going up to that second game as well, so it sort yeah. of splits it up, which is great. So there's I don't know how many people are going for the full week. I know there's there's a few of us going for the full week. It's gonna be fun. Make sure you get involved. Uh, if active supports your thing, get interested because. I think this will be a really good precursor to us doing it next year, see what the scene is and establish what Western United is about. And secondly, long term, we I think we all expect Tasmania to have a either an A-League team or a national second division team. So it'll be a good way for them to test the waters of attendance there. And I know it's not like the, the same as having someone, a team from your area, but if they embrace it, it would show the buying power of that audience in that market. I, I think we... Honestly, well, I'd be disappointed if we didn't, but we should do well because uh, other than the what is it, the Hobart Hurricanes, which is their T20 team, they wouldn't have had a, a you know a ball sports team down there for over twelve months now. You know, a, a nationally a national mm. team like you, the last team to be there would have been Hawthorne in twenty nineteen. Oh, there was a preseason game there a couple of weeks ago between Hawthorne and North. Ah, well, it's not a competitive game. No, but, but it's still the two Taz- I guess teams yeah. that use Tassie. Yeah, I guess that playing. you know would count as a game, but you know it's also as much fun as those preseason games are. You know, you play, when you're playing for points, it's a mm. bit different. So hopefully, um, that can draw a bit of a crowd as well. It's part of the greater festival of football. I personally wouldn't mind seeing like one one game a year. That, you know, until they gain another team themselves. Maybe we head down there as one one home game each each season, mm. as a you know sort of like a trip away for the t- everyone to go down. Yeah, that, to be honest, I'd be about that. I think it's a great idea. Make a big deal of it, you know. Get get Hobart more on board mm. until they get some of their own. Yeah. Yeah. And there's worse places to go than Launceston as well. It's it's quite a nice place. Secondly, it would build a, it would be, build an interesting fan base there for when a team did happen to have an organic rivalry. Well, I've also always said the first. Major code in Australia that can put a team in Tassie will get the massive win there because they they're just looking for a team. Mm. Well, honestly, even look at um, Hobart; they have so many people go down to like if you think oh it's Tasmania, they won't get that many. They get you know a fairly decent crowds every game. Yeah, Bloodstone you know, Arena. You'd expect those sorts of crowds, the, the sorts of crowds they get to be you know going to uh, Stars and Rebels games, but they get like bigger crowds than they do in Geelong. For Renegades. Wow. I'm sorry. Yeah, I meant Renegades. For, yeah. They're a salad every week for the um, the Big Bash. So. Yeah. 
because they're looking for a sport. They're looking for actual teams to play. It's a hungry market. Shout out to the Bev Show as well for down down <laughs> in Tassie. Hopefully he makes it to the game. But uh, I messaged him and he said he will not be supporting Western United. Would it's definitely worth giving him a listen to every so often. All right. So on Saturday, twenty seventh March, there is a come and try day for the Western United Power Chair League at Eagle Stadium in Werribee at one thirty p.m. Uh, last come and try day had seven new players recruited. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm so keen for this because... When's it try it? Sorry? This Saturday. This Saturday. This Saturday? Yeah. The 27th. Okay. Because um, basketball have a lot of, um, you know, their, their grand finals to go this week. So I'll be down there. So I might... Give us a, can, you get, can you do Scotty on the street this week? Yeah. But uh, on that note, Brooke is the, the coach there, which is yep. amazing. It's, I'm so keen. It's just great to see this team expand, the, the club expand into more things. And I think that'll probably lead into your next point, Kelsey. Yeah, so in exciting news, the uh, NPL seniors played on the 21st of March, where the West United NPL 3 team took on Box Hill for a 2-1 win for our first game. Both uh, Mayok and Agwek. I'm not familiar with the last Jack. name, but my Apologies. boy, oh! But uh, here's the lineup that... Uh, this uh, is NPL a packed team. deck. Yeah, this is packed. Have you seen the squad? Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. So, Half of them could start for us right now, and I wouldn't be mad. Yeah. Well, we had Emery, the new boy. Baker, Parsons Collins, DU. Holmes, Bayou, Agwek, Ajek, I'm not sure. Vojica, Milanovic, Skatadis, and Aom. That is a good lineup to start off with. So keen for that. I didn't get a chance to watch the game, but I'm hoping to tomorrow. It was uh, available on YouTube. Uh, yeah, yeah. They, they YouTube had it live too, yeah. which is great to see. It's great to see. Shout that. out to Benny Yorgs, who got from Sydney down to into. Um... I heard he took a ferry. I don't know how he got there. He, he he must have gone full GTA and just stolen cars and stuff because he's gone from Albury up to Macarthur and then down to uh, where was it, Box Hill within twenty four hours. It's I, like I couldn't get off my couch. <laughs> I think he just followed the green smoke. Yeah, I, I, I believe it was the first one in history. I don't know what was worse from having to go to Campbelltown or Box Hill. Like both are pretty bad. <laughs> And then the under-21 side also took on Box Hill and had a two-all draw. Yeah, I don't have much more info on that. Yeah, I, I really tried to, but the NPL Victoria site just crashed on me today, so I couldn't get much, which is a bit of a... Let's move on. So, shout-out to the NPL boys. Great to see. Uh, I'm going to try and make it down to a game this season. It's going to be awesome. We love now, you, Emery. Sorry, did we have the next... When's the next game? So, on Saturday, we have a 3 o'clock game against Melbourne Victory Reserves. Is that their actual A-League a- a- side, or...? <laughs> May as well be um, So we're currently fifth on the ladder uh, With everyone on three points There is a slight update on Josh Rusden and Seb Pasquale On the injury front uh, Josh Rusden's got three to five weeks left with a tibia Which was from last week's game day uh, Pasquale's got two to three weeks with his hip So he's going to be available pretty soon And I really think he could shore up our midfield Yeah. Um, that's it for news But I'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsor Glowpair Glowpair makes self-watering planters for people of all skill sets. You can grow almost anything in there. They're amazing. I've had one for over five years. It's really good. Uh, my tomatoes are banging at the moment. I cannot wait to harvest them, put them in a garden salad. So check that out. Go to www.glowpair.com for our international listeners and www.glowpair.com.au for Australian listeners. And this is a little tidbit. We're going to have a really good promotion with them coming out really soon. So, yeah, just keep, keep posted. I'd also like to give a shout out to Metro Futsal Team, who started right here in the West. They provide the best value futsal in town with 25-minute halves, two referees every game, and no registration fees. And at the moment, Jay, 
They're running a special deal for new teams that join. All new teams joining Metro Futsal will only pay half-price match fees for their entire first season. So just $40 per game. Can you believe it, Jay? I can believe that. And you know what the best part is? You're only going to make it one season because every futsal team I've ever been in has been kicked out of the league. So <laughs> it's pretty much, you know, half-price the whole time I'm there. <laughs> Uh, so they have comps, uh, comps running on Sunday afternoon as well as Monday and Wednesday nights in Lavenden. If you're interested, head to www.metrofootsal.com to find out more and register your team. So check it out. Yeah. On a side note, I am an undefeated football manager. How many games did you manage? Five. And how many did you, <laughs> you win? All five. So you're not just undefeated. You're perfect record. Why didn't you come out with perfect record? Because right. you could do what the Kiwis do and say, we've never lost a World Cup game, but they've never won one either. <laughs> That's enough. I'm the manager, right? He's trying to steal me. Can't <laughs> me lunch here. He wants to take my job, make me, make me work. I'm happy to just simply be the strategist. <laughs> Done. That's what I do. You do my thinking, I stand there and, and yell at people. <laughs> right, so we'll move on to uh, around the ground. So uh, Danny Vukovic has left the Belgian side uh, KRC Genk to be with his pregnant wife in Australia. His agent released a statement saying, we are taking our time to find the right next club. We are keeping all options for now. It could be Europe, the Middle East, Asia, or Australia. Shotguns Western United. Well, he's got a spot behind Emery in our MPL team if he ever wants it. Oh, you're one of them, mate. Vuk is a good keeper. Any yeah. team that gets him would be lucky to get him. So yeah. is Emery. Well, I think he would end up at only one of two clubs, honestly. I see him going to Sydney. Yeah, that's what I see. Yeah. Or, or, vic- or victory. Yeah. That's, well, that's it. I suspect he'll want a decent payday to stay in Australia. So yeah. I can Victory don't have a team, so it's perfect. <laughs> I only see those two going for it. Maybe City if they're going to splash the cash. Depends what happens with the broadcast deal. They've got a good keeper. so yeah. oh, I mean, I can't see him going to City. I, I see it as Victory or Sydney. If, he's, mm. if it's Australia, more, more realistically, or, I'd say it's the Middle East. Honestly, even um, Western Sydney he could go to. Yeah, he could, but I just don't see him paying for him. Just depends what happens with salary cap next year, like. So on to the next one. Uh, Melbourne Victory are once again interested in Ufak Talay being their head coach <laughs> next season. After he was rumoured to have been offered the job last year, just going to say, are they going to start hussing at them too? <laughs> Man, you can't say stuff like that when I've got a mouth full of bloody drink. <laughs> oh, oh Ufi. No, that's. I think he'd be a benefit to anyone. He's a good coach. Come up through Australian City, like. Yeah, and it means Wellington would now have two rivals. Yeah. Uh, we need a we need a good uh, women's coach. What what um for our women's team coming up? He's he's got, he's done well at this level. Like, the, yeah, I don't know what he's going to do with victory though, because Wellington have such a better youth system. They get so many good players from um from Auckland City and stuff like that. It's hmm. like I feel like he's even for some weird reason. It's like, why, why are um, Wellington doing so much better than Victory when Victory sort of have the name and the pulling power for players? It's like, not so much this season, but, you know, look at last season. and you, it'd be, I'd like to find someone that thinks Wellington finishes below Victory this season. So it's like, mm. is it, I think it's a step backwards for Talley, But I think it's that big club mentality that would be the big thing. Whereas, I, again, I, I, I agree with you on all those points. Wellington, Phoenix are the... They have the better youth side with more players going to the all-white side. You know what I mean? Like playing internationally. That like they literally just sold like sold Sapreet Singh, still making like they're making gonna make cash off him, even mm. more bank. They've got other people going. Like they're just they're more they're closer to their youth development system in like it just benefits them. Well they've had to be closer to their youth development. It was the only way they could get players for a while. Exactly, that's what I mean. Like and 
thing is, he's turned them down once. Don't see why he's going to want to go at the second time of asking. There's nothing there to. Sh- there's no sign there that makes you want to go manage them at the moment. Carry Moving on. on, let's get to the last bit of around the ground here. So Christian and Gabriel Popovic are training with Croatian first tier side NK Lokomotiva. Just a quick back to the um, Popovic thing. I, I I think a few of the players are still there though at the club because of their contracts, aren't they? So yeah. there's still a few Aussies, and to my knowledge. Most of them are still starting as well. Mm. So it's like you've got rid of Popovich and just doing the same stuff. That's that whole saga. Does, yeah, it just didn't make sense. So that's what there. happens when you appease the crowd. Like you, you're going to like appeal the populace, not like not showing resolve and trying to push through with the game plan because whoever come in would have just done the same thing. Yeah. Oh, well, there's a few. Speaking of uh, victory, you know, there's another potential manager to come back to Australia. You've got Popovich. I think Musket as well, has, there's been talk of him coming back, but that'd be mm. something special for them to even pull off. And um, Harry Kill is out of a job at the moment as well. I think whatever manager they do get has to be given like carte blanche to get whatever they want because there's just nothing there at the moment. I think they have to be given uh, a lot more time to work. Yeah, but mm. basically to build whatever they want. Mm. Ryan hasn't lost a manager match yet as a... He hasn't lost a game as a manager yet. <laughs> Kelsey. Kelsey, get, get you can do something out. with victory oh, more yeah. than they can do with themselves. Okay, let's let's move on to the, the first game of last week. Wait, first game? How many games did we play? Oh, sorry, it was just the game last week. So. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I thought... I was like, <laughs> did I miss one? What week is this? So on Saturday, the 20th of March, West United paddled upstream for the first time to take on MacArthur Bulls. What were your thoughts on this lineup? I thought it was pretty strong, really. Like... Yeah, I was kind of hyped for it a little bit. I thought it was going to be a lineup that could get the points. I was a bit deflated personally. Um, more so when as the game happened. Uh, I we're talking pre-game here. <laughs> what were yeah, your thoughts yeah, pre-game? True. So when I first saw that, I thought, "Hey, that's great, Pieris. I'm really about Duzel at the moment. That's he's really good. I'm liking what he's doing." Guarachena looked, well, you know, especially his the game he had against Macarthur in his last mm. outing. You thought, oh. He he might bag another another couple goals here. How many did he score? I think he only scored one against. Yeah, that but he time, was. But he was just. He was involved in the assists for. Yeah. And he ran rampant. Yeah. Mm. So oh, for that type of for a wet weather game where the ball's going to be on the ground a lot more than thing, I would have rather see um it am I probably drop for someone like Vujica. Yeah. Someone more down down on the ground, faster, quicker, and can. Get, get you know get on the ground and get that ball a bit better. Yeah, I, I I really think our play style of trying to do complicated passes hindered us in this game, and we fell short. Um, you overplayed it a bit. See, I think um, I don't like yeah. Well, Vujic Vujica is one of those you know players like it's Scotty one of said, Scott's boys. Just, yeah, but I don't see him doing any better than Amai. I'd rather have Amai push wider and go forward a bit more, and then just you know. Sort of try and run the ball up and put chaos balls into the box, which we did do a little of in the first half. Just going to your point, Jay, I would have liked to have seen anybody run forward after scoring the goal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would have been nice. Well, we did, actually. Like, probably for about 10, 15 minutes, up until pretty much uh, MacArthur scored, we were still going forward, putting in a few good balls, but it was so hard to get on the end of anything, uh, especially you know with the rain coming down around half time. Mm. It we'll was insane, that. yeah. Let's go into a few things. So in a foreshadowing moment, minutes into the game, a pass from Milligan saw MacArthur have a shot, an open goal with Ryan Scott and the back uh, the back line just 
oblivious to it. The only person who pretty much prevented it was pain. But there is a note here. It consistently came up pain side. Yeah. Defensively. Like that's that was targeted. And attacking wise, we were heading up the right as well. We didn't really favour pain that game at all. Yeah. It's really weird. I wonder if they tried to push on pain a bit because he has played a lot of games. This was a wet game, so if anyone's going to be a bit tight, Payne would be like, one of the people spoke, to really push on. I mean, you're 100% right because that right back role has been interchangeable between, you know, Tomoki Mai and... Um, Pieris. And, yeah, Pieris and there's, I think, who else played there? Even like Calver or something. Calver played Lugoski, there. yeah. Yeah, and then who's been at left back or left wing back? It's only been Connor Payne and he is pushing very far forward almost mm. every game. Yeah, so... That's I think that that we got caught off guard a few times. With it that. was a smart strategy by them though to yeah. target that left side. And yeah. It's also worth mentioning, Scotty Ryan Scott, not you, Scotty. If you want to play in the outfield, just let Mark know. You don't have to run all the <laughs> way out there and almost concede a goal. I thought two and, minutes and that's after, like thirty seconds. Sorry, to cut you off. Two sorry, minutes thirty. Yeah, that's like after everyone was saying, if Kurto starts this game, there's going to be riots and. <laughs> He start and then Scotty starts and oh my goodness that would have been a, like just horrific for him off the back of the last week's performance. Well, that's a good point. He got the starting claim to the spot to really prove himself, and that was not a good start. Yeah, and I honestly think that alone. After I saw that, I thought, as much as I hate to say it, I think he should be dropped for Curdo next week purely because Curdo has the week in week out experience. And he's mm. not going to do that rush of blood, run out to the midfield to get some uh, minutes on the ball. I still think we give Scott game time later on in the season. We rest Curdo, and I think Ryan plays another at least three league games, maybe. Well, we're going to definitely have a log jam later on of playing every three days, so he'll. Yeah. I reckon he'll have to get some time. I, I, yeah, that's so. It's like yeah, we don't want to waste everything now. Um, but that's the benefit of Scott proving himself that he is capable. Now, there is more competition for that role. So this will push Curdo to be his best self. This was his big chance, and uh, this is his big chance to really take over from Curdo. And he uh, dropped the ball on this one. Yep. You know, there's could have been a lot of reasons behind it, wet game. There's you know, a lot of different areas, but this, you know, if Scott did another one of his performances... Kurdo probably wouldn't have got a game next next game either. To be fair to Ryan as well, though, for those two goals that he conceded, you'd be hard-pressed to find someone, at least in this league, to stop both of them. Yeah. But Let they, alone one of them. They dissected us. Both are, we'll get into it in more detail, obviously, soon. But they dissected us. They literally... I'm gonna, there's, I've counted the passes it took for the second goal. Um, but we'll get to that in a second. Um, but the saving grace of this game, and I'm so glad I got the first half. Thank you, Scott. Uh, was DP's goal in the seven, uh, the seven-minute mark. Perfection on the non-preferred foot, and Federici was left hanging. It was just chef's kiss. It was just amazing. Another unstoppable goal, yeah. Yeah, it was just... It's it's really been great to see him play this season. He's really coming into form. I'm loving it. And to quote him, in the interview he had uh, mid-game, he's like, he just gave it a shimmy and a little shoot. A little bit of dance and a little shoot. And um, how did you think we go after this first goal? Because we typically don't score early. Parked the bus. I thought we were more passive. We, we you know, we, we, we allowed them to have a bit more of the ball, like before engaging them mm. on the ball. Um, like you're right, we did make some runs forward, but I felt we were very passive and not willing to risk going forward. Mm. We definitely had numbers behind when we were moving forward every time as well. 
Like we were very worried about that counter-attack goal. The thing is, if you look at the way MacArthur play, they like to dominate. They like possession of the ball. And although we had some good runs, um, Ika had a really good cracker goal around the 17-minute mark, which was deflected, and Dia had a few solid crosses. We started really focusing on counter-attacking, which let them have possession of the ball which is and just cut us apart. And, and that's what I'm sick of. I'm kind of sick of saying. I, I want to see what what we do. Can, attacking football. I don't want to be trying to play from you know play for the back. I want to see more attacking football. Put another one in. Put put two more in. You get three past them. It's game over. They're gonna they're gonna drop their heads. Mm. But why stop? That's what really pissed me off the most. They they I five minutes after after we scored after Pierre scored. I, I knew for a fact. I just thought, that's it, we'll lose this. I could see it coming. See, it was I, just so obvious. I didn't see that. For me, it was obvious, really, after the... It was, it was Susieta, the goal, just mm. before half time. It's like, man, you got to go into the sheds at 1-1, really, because that second goal just deflated us, and we had nothing, nothing after mm. half time. I think the original intention after we scored was to conserve a bit of energy for later on in the game to then do a flurry at the end. I think because with the rain and the heaviness, bodies get tired in that kind of condition running up and down the pitch. I think we were trying to wear them out a bit more by giving them the ball a bit more, making them move around. Yeah. And it just, it didn't work. That was the problem. Well, speaking of the rain, around the 25th minute mark, it started bucketing down. And for the best drained stadium in Australia which I don't know if you guys saw the Instagram post, other uh, post by uh, MacArthur. They did brag that they had the best drained thing. It was pretty good. It still looked like a bloody pool. Yeah, but that, that was pretty heavy rain. That was... I, I'm not... I'm just... Yeah. It, was a, it was a big flex they had on social media to Sydney and shit. That's was, all they got, but... Also worth mentioning, you know, with that amount of rain, it probably... Why wasn't it cancelled? Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, it, MacArthur's not that far from Sydney and they're cancelling that game. It's like... Sure, the ground not, might not be as waterlogged, but can you see? Like, well, and I, th- I honestly think in the second half, the game faltered just as a game for both teams. No one really looked like they wanted to be out there. Just as a, a note here, there was like 1,870 people, so 1,870. There was also a travel warning in New South Wales to not travel due to all the flood damage and the issues with the heavy rain. Do you think... Th- this this fixture was forced to go ahead. I do. I think they're getting worried about the logjam of fixtures that are starting to come up, and I think they were like, if we can get this one out, we need to get it out. Look, at the end of the day, both teams had the even starting field. They both copped the wet. It was a bit just unfortunate that, that MacArthur dealt with it a lot better than we did. So yeah, oh, I'm not complaining about the game. Because, well, you know, whatever happens, happens. Mm. But so far as, you know, you got the safety of the players to worry about as well. You know, they, they're slipping and sliding around there. They could get sick, you know. You, you've got, if, if, if there's, you know, a slight drizzle in the in the city, you know, sites, work sites shut down. But you're having, like, you know, all these players, fans, security guards out in the stadium getting absolutely drenched, probably getting cold. Mm. And, you know, you, that's right. when people get sick. And then, you know... Yeah, I'm in the just, middle of a goddamn pandemic at the moment as well, so it's like you know, I was just raising I, the question. Is, I do think it was quite a, a very warm day. Yeah, but it's still, so, uh, there, you, there would, the flu would be fairly. No, the thing is, you can go from hot to cold, get wet. That can lower your immune system. Just yeah. as yeah. I'm not, I'm yeah. just saying. Do you think because of these are both franchise teams, there was more pressure put on them than say Sydney and 
because that, that fixture it had to be cancelled for this to go ahead. I think it was more just the base that they need to try and get rid of the logjam of fixtures. Because mm. if you have to reschedule two, that's two you've got to find slots for. That's two you've got to... Yeah, it'd, it'd make it harder. I just It was just a question. Mm. Um, secondly, did you guys see the people in the uh, snorkels in the bullpen? That Props was, to those guys. That was pretty funny. Yeah. That was yeah, a yeah, classy was touch. Yeah. I, I mean, like that. You couldn't really hear much going on from the bullpen, but they're a new active area. I don't blame them. They're still out there. Um, fucking but bowels are annoying. They were in ponchos. Benny Yorgs wasn't because he's just built different. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think this like affected our play style, the rain? 100%. Yeah. yeah, I think we were passive as a result because we wanted to conserve that energy over the course of the 90. But uh, we also tend to favour a lot of long passes as well and the, the big big time to switch a play. MacArthur, when they were carving us apart, it was you know players like Susayeta and stuff like that just putting the short balls in on the ground, you know. And the ball becomes easier to trap and it's a bit harder to kick along the ground, but it's easier to trap and, you know, bring the ball to a stop when you're kicking the ball on the ground in the wet weather. So it did suit them. Yeah, kicking a long, heavy ball in the wet yeah. is not a, a fun thing to try and do. Yeah, like you, put a, you can't put a through ball in on the ground at all because it'll slow up to the point where you're losing about 10 metres on a ball that, you know, you would usually put 40 metres, allowing to go 30. So, from this point, MacArthur started to really push and dominate play, which put West United on the back foot, which led to the equalised goal with a cross to, to Derbyshire, which took five passes and started at the keeper. Like, they literally had no pressure on them. Five passes. And the uh, defending on that goal was terrible. Horrid. Uh... And that, again, exposed us at the left wing back position. It was the exact same thing that happened earlier. I thought that was a free header for them. Yeah. It was a good pass, a very good pass to him, but, yeah. even, but no defender was putting any pressure on. The thing, with, yeah, and like you said about the left back, you know, on the right side, you can sort of got Tomoki covering a little bit more mm. when Price isn't doing well. Um, who's on the left side? Is it Calver? Yeah. yeah. Calver's not, he's not covering... Um, I think we've got too much of a hole in the left side mm-hmm. and it'd be a, a hard one to carry. Um, so, side note, here's a list of things I'd rather do than listen to cowbells. Watch the notebook. Gouge my eyes out. Stick a boiling hot metal rod in my ear. Walk on glass. Or support city. What are you guys' thoughts? Name one thing you'd rather do than listen to cowbells. Have Celtic cleared of their charges. Admit that Epstein, in fact, did do it. <laughs> Scott, would you rather support Arsenal or than hear cowbells? Where, where are you at? Yeah, Probably. Well, thank you for that. So the rest of the first half, Bulls were chasing it and got another goal. It just it just sealed our fate. And yeah. That pass by Orr for that second goal was very good. Oh, they the they that, outplayed us. That was beautiful. And whoever was meant to be watching bloody... It was Soya Seta who scored so it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoever was meant to be marking him or watching him in the box did not do their job. They're all just ball watching. Mm. He is a very, very good player though. Honestly, like top 10 oh, in the league. He is, but the way he was allowed to just run in there completely unmarked. Look, our, our whole defence was shit. Whoever was in that back line, shit. And I do think we underestimated them because they did not... MacArthur didn't play nearly as well as they did in uh, uh, Ballarat. But if we didn't change our style of play that got us the first goal, would have you know, would have we lost? Also worth mentioning how long you can sustain that sort of... It, it would have been a whole different outcome. We could have scored, scored another yeah. goal, putting it to 2-0, and long, then MacArthur might how have shut long, In those conditions, how long can be can Diamante be putting, you know, cross-field balls on a silver platter? That started to, to run out. That, they started no, to run out. No, that come, that come, oh, 
from what I saw, it come back in the second half a lot. Devil's advocate on that, though. We could have gone two or three up, but then we could have conceded four by just being completely dead-legged. Yeah. yeah, but it would have worked better than going straight to defence. Like doesn't doesn't matter at this point. That's cool, <laughs> Scott. You want to start with the second half? I need to crack a beer. In the fifty seventh minute, Pieris does another fantastic run, slipping the ball through to Barisha, which then scored a goal to find out it was offside, basically straight away. Pretty shitty positioning. I know. I know. Barisha does a lot of early runs, but for a striker, I I, I personally think it, it's his job to to get in that right position. But in saying that, Best did ask for the ball at least two, two to three seconds earlier than that, and he hesitated on passing him the ball. Yeah. The, the, the lead-up in play wasn't great. Um, he wasn't getting service that game. It just I'm not defending. Yeah. I think Best had no, a I'm, shit I'm game. I'm not either. Like, he was offside. He, like he's not in the votes at all. He pitch until he got called offside to that goal. But he did, but he did <laughs> he at least, ask for it in his defence. He, he at least put it. it away, at least. So it was sort of... Also worth mentioning, Bess is one of those players where you don't realise that he's on the pitch and then he puts two goals in and you win the game. So, <laughs> The 59th minute, Bennett, Bennett and Payne both linked arms within the box, within our box, which the ref all of a sudden stepped in and said, Bennett, that's your free kick. He had no idea what, who had who at that position. They both were linking arms. He instantly gave it to MacArthur rather than you know, possibly looking towards a penalty, which, you know, it was hard to see. They didn't show too many camera angles on that. That could have easily been a pain penalty, yes. which could have given us, you know, that, that equaliser. Kept us in the game. But the referee didn't even look at it. It didn't even bother. He just instantly gave it there. And even the commentators were saying, look, either give it, either look at it properly or don't give it at all. Let the play go on. Don't just automatically say... Yep, MacArthur, your ball. I was going to say, if two players are linking arms and, you know, you can't tell, you know, because it's usually pretty obvious to tell who's got a hold of who because you can see by the grabbing of... Mm. You, you know, see the, the shirt the stretch. Shirt. Yeah, you see the shirt stretch. But if you're both linking arms, unless one of them's using it to move them around, like using their arm as leverage, which, again, you can see very easily... Uh, like Bozza says, it's a contact sport. <laughs> yeah, like it's 50-50. <laughs> Let, it Let yeah. them go till one of them actually commits a foul. But yeah, you can't you can't call one on one side. But you know what? What about Payne? If you're going to call that for for him, well, why shouldn't it be a penalty towards Payne? It, it's 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 a bit of a ridiculous call that. Like whether we would have scored out of it, who knows? I think we're all in agreement that it, you know it was a dud call. Like it shouldn't have been a free kick. It should have been either play on or review it to check. I just don't think it's. I think it's uh, play on. Play on. Like I don't think it's a penalty. I don't think it's a free. I. Yeah, it's just, just two players are doing the same wrong thing. Well, they cancel each other out. Yeah. Yeah, we, at that stage, anything could have happened. Like, it's not like they're, you know, punching each other in the head at the same time or, you know, ripping eyeballs out. It's just... A, they're not know, going in for two-footed slide tackles on one another at the same time. Yeah, it's just, you know... Of course, you're not supposed to do it, but, you know, it's worse You can't favour one over the other when they're both doing the same yeah. wrong thing. So, in the 65th minute, Diamante... Does an, another amazing pass straight to Wales, which takes it on the chest in his first uh, first crack. Runs onto the keeper, but Milligan just happened to get just that little edge in front, pushing out Wales. You know, not having the body strength, being a smarter smarter player, I guess more than anything. Just got in that right position. Like Wales took that perfect. It's just Milligan had more of a football brain than Wales did, and. That could have been a real another really good chance at goal. Which it's just was, luck. It's 
that we like Milton yeah. came in. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I don't think Wales could have done any any better. Really, he did. He did a fantastic take on the ball. Diamante's pass was just absolutely amazing yet again. Yeah, it was just one of those moments. But the thing with Wales is, it's like he needs more space as well. Like, cause he's so fast. It's like you want him to get into those areas, but when he's, you know, when you're in, he's in areas where players like Milligan, who aren't that quick, can close you down, then you know your talent's pretty much wasted. I, I really want to see him on the wing. I honestly don't see him playing that well up forward because mm. players like Barisha and you know Fauna Roli like to put in the body work and you know put their backs to players, shift their weight around, and you know they're not afraid of a bit of contact. Whereas Wales is more one of those people that, you know, pops in and, and bolts and gets on the end of a great ball and that's where you want him. He's light and quick. He's not going to be phys- he's gonna get a mustard waver defender. And he's a good cross of the ball as well. But that it, like, I could be wrong here, but didn't Pariah start there? Start with his pace and uh, a lot more assisting mm. and now Pariah has moved on to a bit more advanced, you know. Shooting, shooting at goals a bit more, and you know a much more talented player. Like Wales is starting where Pariahs was sort of more last year, I would say. Yeah. So whether we, you know, we push get Wales into more of that position, and you know maybe he might get get his luck and score a goal, and might realise how good it is and start kicking a few more, like Burjo did last season as well. The other good thing about Pariahs is he was able to increase bulk without decreasing his speed. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say Price is a lot bigger. They're about the same height, but Price just seems like he's he, a, he, he can he can deal with the um, physicality of the sport a bit better. And Lockie Wales is about three, four years older, I think. Oh wait, no, he's about the same age. Yeah, about the same age. Yeah. He just Sorry, needs a good yeah. season in a gym. That's what I mean. I'd like to see Price on the right and on the left, uh, Lockie Wales, and that just having that speed on either wing. In the, like the post Risden and Payne world, if you're gonna have something like that, honestly, I I think you need more of a faster striker. Than, oh, that's what I'm, yeah. I'm I'm saying. We probably like striker is a, a separate issue. Like I, I yeah, I think well, what Waldo's going with a longer term vision yeah. here. Yeah. So obviously post best, post Risden, post uh, Payne. Um, yeah, like the return of Stammer. The best part is they're both you know what 20, 21 years old. Yeah, they're twenty. So they, they've got still a good. Four or five years until they hit their peak, really. And, but the scary thing with Price on that is he's already that bulky now. What, like, if he can keep getting mass without decreasing his speed, he's gonna be a beast when he hits that peak. I, years. I just really think he needs to stay pretty much the way he is, and then just keep working on his um, on his ball skills. So, you know, if he can just have that, like his first touch, I think that needs is probably the only real part of his game right now that needs proper work. Then he can work on the stuff he doesn't even really need that much, which is, you know, his passing because he's receiving a lot of the balls. But, you know, as soon as he gets that first touchdown, he's dribbling, you know, phenomenal. He's he, he's really good at timing his runs and beating players off off the ball just, you know, with his runs. Does he beat them off, does he? Oh, yeah, he beats them off. I wouldn't be surprised if Parise gets taken at the end of the season anyway. So I reckon someone overseas might look at the young talent he is and snatch him up. He's he's just got that. He's got somewhere to go in his future, and it will be bigger than Australia, I reckon. That's good though. That's yeah, it's fantastic. He for got him his start here though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that'd be our first product that we no, get. No, hate, like oh, of course I'd be upset to lose such a talented player, but you know, good on him if that's the case. 
Yeah. It is also worth mentioning, young A-League players have always been a risk for overseas. So I don't think we'll lose him for another... Unless he wants to move because he's not getting game time or he's getting more money mm. if he goes to City, God forbid, or something like that. Mm. But um, also it's worth mentioning COVID mm. is really if affected the European market at the moment and they're trying... They're looking inward for most of their transfers like within Europe because it's not as big of a risk if you're getting someone from a closer, more local league that you can loan out to rather than in Australia. And Brexit. Yeah. I was, Brexit. Say, I was about to bring up Brexit yeah, yeah, too because yeah. that's going to cause issues for all the UK teams. Scott, what's your next point? Uh, the 92nd minute, Lustica draws the foul, which gives Bennett the yellow card. Then Diamante steps up to the line and it was almost just, just inside the halfway mark. And he does an absolute fantastic pass. A lot, you know, one of those long passes, which then Durante gets his head on, just manages to go straight across the goal face. Unfortunately, there was no West United player there just to sort of get that tap mm. in. Uh, that was prime time to get that, that, that the equaliser. Perfect pass, perfect head. Unfortunately, it just wasn't, the position, positioning of uh, the others just weren't in the right time. And uh, Milligan managed to clear it off, which could have been really good for us to sneak one one last crack. Mm. Um, I do know throughout the week and even well, while the game was happening, there were a few people saying, why is Durante coming on in the 89th minute or whatever it was? That was me. But that is the reason why, because he causes chaos. Mm. And that so that would have been the plan, would have been to win fouls, get set pieces, whip the ball in, and Durante just stir some shit up. <laughs> he wasn't coming on as a defender. He mm. was coming on to try and do something. Whatever. Mm. I know. I, I understood that. My problem was we kept Bess on the whole game, which mm. I think this would have been a great day to have Shepard come on. But I think they might have gone with that same approach, Bess having, having good, being good with the head and things like mm. that. Like that. They were going for mm. that one set play mm. rather than any mm. other play. That's why they brought Durante on. That's think, why Bess Am I the only there. one that wanted Bess off this week? No. It's normally I'm yes. not. I would have wow. sucked him off too. Yeah, yeah. I, just sorry. I would have still had him starting, but I would have brought Milanovic on, to be completely honest, because yeah. he's yeah. a lot faster. But the thing is, we didn't stack our... We were not stacked this week offensively. Yeah. It was no. A, no. We, we were set to score and... For, and, and, and park, park yeah. The, the thing is, I'm I'm sort of glad that we didn't. I mean, we'd I'd, I'd have every excuse mm. to um, rip into Vuitza or uh, Skatardis if they were on, but they weren't. Mm. So it's a good inward look at the club thing, and you know, because we always we talk up our players about how they, how good they are, and they are good. But um, you know, that was a pretty much full strength squad out there. You know, other if we still had Max Burgess, I think he would have been useful as well. Stammer. Do we completely have stammer? He's like four foot nine, man. He's not getting it. <laughs> he kicked more goals than Bruce. When he headed that ball <laughs> on the weekend in, the keeper, it went through the keeper's legs. When he headed the ball, he was he had to jump to reach knee height. You but know he what I mean? Scored. <laughs> he scored. <laughs> let's move on from that. Okay, let's move on. Now let, let's give it into the points. I'm gonna do, do Leb first, because it's he's absent today. <laughs> um, so Leb gave three to DP, two to Duzel, one for Dimmer. I'll do mine before I forget. I had three to DP. An amazing game. He's playing consistent football at the moment and being one of our top players. I had two for Dimmer because I think Dimmer was so crucial to our game and it's good to have him back in better, like performing better since his bruised rib and one to Duzel. Sorry, DP with three, obviously because of the crack and goal. Diamante with two because he was 
the, the ball to lead up to the goal was brilliant. Um, and he, he whipped in a few good crosses as well. And Duzel, because he was actually sort of like probably our best defender <laughs> of, of the game. He was trying to intercept and, you know, he was doing well in the midfield when he could get to the ball. And then also putting in a few good balls. So he's probably our most well-rounded player that, that game. Um, just didn't do it as much as Diamante and Parias though. So he gets the one. Look, I'm just going to do this short and sweet. We're going to go Di- uh, Diamante for the three, DP for the two, Duzel for the one. I'm going to move on from this game and pretend like it didn't happen. The, the sad part is um, you, all our positives came from these three players. We've all I said think the same everyone's three got players. all three. Yeah. Yeah, you got Scotty? I got three for Diamante. You can't fault him. He was back to his best. His crosses, he, he, he's just fantastic. Yeah. He really stepped up. Parias, this was a struggle between two and one, but I went with two with Parias. He scored the goal, fantastic left foot, and he made a lot of runs forward. Mm. Me one goes to Giselle. Look, I can't... I have now witnessed Giselle and Diamante together, and I'll tell you what, if, if one of them gets dropped, I'm going to be quite upset. They work so goddamn well with each other. I, there is absolutely no hate. So what you're saying is now that you've seen it, you can't unsee it. Yep, exactly. They work so well together. They they link well together. It's like they've they've just been nonstop training with each other. I would I wouldn't trade anyone else with those those two working together. I'm gonna to say a name, Pasquale. Going off what I've seen with Giselle and Diamante, no. I'm happy with those two. Oh really? Yep. The weirdest thing is the one I'd be looking at the most right now is Victor Sanchez. I never yep. thought I'd say that, but I'd be looking at Omai. You kick him off the pitch? Yep. Oh, 100%. No chance, mate. He's turned it over way too much. I'd, I'd be on Calvertown or Barisha. We lose it too far. Like it's got to be Calver, man. Yeah. I mean, I'd put Voyager so back in the, le- the left centre-back role. Yep. The only show I'm going to say with Duzel is, with his age and his body, he's not going to play the rest of the games. It's yeah. just not going to mm. happen. Yeah. He'll probably do subs like he is. Yeah. Good. I, I love him. I think he's going to develop into a fantastic player. Just he's not going to play all the games at this stage. Man, no. I, I just can't get over what you just said about Amai. For me, he's been one of our best players, but... He turned it over way he, too much on the weekend. Yeah, I know, but man, our whole team was awful except for the three players we literally all listed. But the That's problem, been Amai's Amai only did bad it. game this No, nah, he did year. it the following week too. Wanderers he's had a couple of shots. Uh, here's a simple way to settle it. What are your three reasons, three reasons for Amai? For Amai, the big biggest reason... Is just um, the versatility he shows on the pitch week in, week out because he's played a variety of different roles and had best on ground for a lot of us in, you know, playing it right back or as a centre back. Number two is his work rate on top of that, you know, on top of his versatility. He's the only player we've had to play every minute of the season. So that's worth mentioning as well. And we're only just starting to rip into him. Maybe he's a bit fatigued, maybe he needs a rest, but I don't think he gets. Dropped. What are your three reasons against turnovers? Constant turnovers, he, and being being a defender is quite crucial because it does lead into the other team going into goal. So whether that's game time, whether it's what whatever the goal is, but it's happened for the last three weeks now, and we haven't really looked well in the last three weeks to be honest. I, th- I think that whole back line needs a shake up. But to be completely honest, because Calver looks like he doesn't know which which Uzcock, no. his preferred foot is. I love Uzcock <laughs> where he is. I think I think Uzcock. I, I think he's a both hit the nail on the head. I think the issue for Mai is maybe he's a bit too fatigued, and that would be leading to the turnovers. It's that, not so much he needs to be dropped. It, yeah. I think he. 
I think maybe a rest rest him for a game and then let's see how he goes after that. That's what I would like to say. I would like to see because, you know, I have seen him do some great performances, but within the last three weeks, they haven't been there and maybe he does need a rest. Give him a rest and see how he comes back out of it. See, honestly, I think his worst, the worst game he's played this season wasn't even last week. I think it was against Brisbane. I'm I mean, in the Wanderers camp. That Wanderers game, because oh, I was sitting up in the stands and watching him go, and he was the, like, in the 89th minute, he was the only player out there that was still absolutely going at it, pushing down the right-hand side, and you could just see the sweat coming off him. He was completely drenched. But, like, here's a question. What if we're playing him wrong? What if he has too much of, he's being pushed to attack too much, which is causing him... That's another point. He is constantly changing positions. Obviously, and it's not his fault there. Yeah. But, you know, you're constantly changing positions. He's changing his roles. He's losing, you know, he's losing focus on what his actual, you know, game plan is because it's just all over the place. But that's a strategy. That tiredness, it's all coming into mm. play and I think he needs to be, he needs a week off. I have a similar kind of thing with pain at the moment, but I don't know how he'd replace him. Yeah, yeah. that's the thing with that's, pain. But the thing is, if you look at the side we're predominantly getting crosses from, it is the left side. We're pain station, which mm. then puts pressure on our defense. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's a consistent issue. I, and that's part of the formation. You know what I mean? But that, that, see, that, yeah, that could, that could also be fixed because you just try, try Wales out there. Yeah, well, yeah, that's what we're talking about. Like, well, DP, he can clearly kick it on any foot he wants. But um, the thing here's is, here's a question is DP being too attacking minded and not particularly a defense guy this season or since he's come to us? Is that putting added pressure on. T- to my, take away know, DP. You just go on this no. spiral. Take of, away DP no, 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 no. and his attacking mind. Mm. We we we, we, we wouldn't have, have scored for the last. But that's three not games. What I, that's not what I'm asking though. Is that exposing us on? The, yeah. But that's other players to step into his role, yeah. step into and but cover then, him. But then we're having issues. What you're saying is, are we cutting off our nose to spite our face? Exactly. I can tell you the biggest problem, and we've everyone else has missed it, and it's the fact that Josh Risden isn't oh, on the, as a right back because. Tomoki, all the last season, he played in the, on the right-hand side of the centre-back three. Mm. Since then, he's been covering for his spot there and Josh Risden, who was arguably... He could have been... You could make a case for him to be our number two player last season behind Dimmer. Top four, easy. And, yeah. um, well, I'd definitely put him at third behind Dimmer and, um, and Burgess. Uh, so um, anyway, that's, that's just too too big of an out to cover. What are the votes this okay, week? Who's so leading? It's good we're all discussing it, and like because yeah. we'd all like this to do. Like we all want to want to see the team win. I think we're okay. I think we think we're all capable of winning. And um, to be fair, I think we all do have slightly differing opinions, but I think um, we're all on the same page at the same time yeah, as well. We just want to see us win. So it's yeah. yeah. Um, so Stam- Apostolov Stamilop- Stamatolopoulos is winning on. Nah, joking. <laughs> Uh, hey, go down. Diamante on 45 points. Uh, DP's on 44. Ryan Scott on 39. Imai on 38. Iker on 27. Sanchez on 26. Kurto on 25. Sanchez is such a surprise. Why? I felt like he's been a lot better than what, what uh, he's sitting, to the, be honest. The thing is, he's been... He's had, like, three games where he's just put on a, like, masterclass, and then he'll have another three games where it's just, like, where is... Where is he? Yeah, that's the thing. When he's been great, he's been phenomenal. But when he hasn't been 
like when he's played poor, he just hasn't been sided. And uh, Guarachena to a lesser extent. I think Guarachena has been more consistent, but he's had like a really poor game and a really yes. fantastic yeah, game. Okay. Yeah, hundred percent. He should be higher than where he is now. Let's go on to the tipping comp. Um, so the tipping comp, Atrax is coming first on thirty-three. Look at Scott, thirty-one. Good work, Scott. Enjoy the toilet. Michael MM is twenty-nine on third. Hashtag WHCS. Good work, Crossbar Capers coming fourth. The Albury Kids coming fifth on twenty-nine. I'm coming seventh on twenty-eight. Uh, second favorite is eight. Gazi's really picked up as on ninth. Uh, Rudan's the Snakes on 12th. The Joker Baby is tied 12th. Lebby is 14th. And ESPN fan 56841. Kelsey, you're tied 15th. I have not done a single tip since round one. Thanks for pushing the comp. We've got a couple new people in, so thanks, man. We'll move on to another sponsor, uh, Ghazi Photography. Just like to give a shout out to Ghazi Photography. Uh, friend of the pod, been on a few times, big Western United fan, also runs a photography company, hence the name, really recommended, he does a variety of services, go check out, I'll just go to Ghazi Photo, it'll be a link in the description, enjoy, now, do you guys want to get into next week's game? Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, so, next Saturday in the family friendly time slot of 5.05, we take on Brisbane Roar at Dolphin Stadium, at present, the ladder can, be, can vary on any given day, so we're not going to really bring it up, but it is the battle for seventh spot. They are on 16 points. We are on 14. So this game is crucial for both teams if we want to get into the top six, like because the top two teams are really starting to separate from the pack. They're starting to break away, yeah. We've got an 11-point difference between us and CCM, although they've got a couple games in hand. How do you think we're going to line up again after our, we recently played Brisbane Raw? Probably very similar to the way we lined up last week. Maybe, like we said, a few chopping changes around the back um, and maybe Curdo starts as well. But um, honestly, I don't think it's import- super important now how we line up. It's I think training this week is going to be really important. And um, Rudin will see who's doing it tough. And I think we'll have to rest players while trying to win that game. And it's going to be a real rough weekend if we lose. I think the biggest change will just be Scott for Kurdo, like you said. I, I think that'll be the biggest change. There might be one other, but I just see that one change oh, happening. I'd like to see Borussia have a park just for a moment as well. Maybe give, come on at 70 or something. Give, give Shepard or Milanovic a bit more of a crack this I'd one. Like, I'd like to see what Shepard's got. Borussia played a fairly full game last uh, this this week just gone. So being that in the wet, surely he's putting a bit of pressure on the old guy. Wales did have a good run at Brisbane as well mm. when we played them at Amy Park. So maybe give him another crack. I just he's not. A, I don't think he's a striker and that's my only concern with him. Mm. Well, you could um, interchange him with Parias then. Well, I... I think he's more on the left side though. Maybe, when he's maybe, played, hasn't he? maybe, yeah. maybe just take away the striker and we'll have a false nine. Yeah, could do that. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a bit fun. Some di- I, that I, way, you know, you got Wales and Pierce both having throw cracks Brisbane of goals. off guard as well. Hell, you I, could even start Milanovic if he if he had more game time. I think he just hasn't had the game time. But I wouldn't be mad. It's just seeing the way he plays, he really throws himself at the ball, especially mm. like the Sanchez goal. When we won, you know, we pretty much won that off the back of him just going for the ball. So if anyone's got that sort of hunger, mm. maybe he could get out there and score. I hope he features at least. Yeah. Against I would just like to see if we can break him break him like we did with Burjo. Mm. Burjo did the same thing. Once he scored, you couldn't stop him. Yeah. I just hope that's a Wales thing. I'd love to be a club that developed players. Like mm. I look at CCM this season and how they've got a number of young talent coming through and they're amazing. Same with Adelaide, with Yankee. I just I really admire that. It's what made has made this season enjoyable. Who's our best chance at goal this week? 
Price. In, sorry, at scoring goals. At, at scoring a goal. goal. Price. Yeah, Price. Um, honestly, maybe Guarachena. He's been sort of lively. Maybe he crack, gets another cracker. I think Diamante's due. Yeah, Diamante hasn't scored yet. I have a feeling he's going to score one. And he did score a good free kick against them last year in the final. Interesting. Also, a bit of a shout to Payne. I reckon his has got to come. He'll, he's usually scores at least one or two a season. And he does, it definitely deserves one. Mm. I would like to see them be able to cover him for just one game so he yeah. can get some rest. That's what I would like for Paul Payne because he's really feeling the pain in those legs. Well, maybe Vuhitsa, Skatardis, they have to push back for a game and we have to I, just I, deal I don't with want to see Skatardis yeah, no, on that no, field, no. man. I'm done with him. He played um, MPL3 this week, so... Okay, so... Uh, any cards? KO. Red card. Yeah, can we just discuss this shortly? I had a number of technical issues with it buffering back to the start of the game when I was watching it live on KO on Saturday. You had a similar issue when you watched it? I was up to the 50th minute. I was, I, you know, I, I watched it probably about half an hour on delay, maybe even 45 minutes on delay. So I was about at the 50th minute mark and it just, you know, stopped and jumped me to the end of the game where they were interviewing MacArthur about the win. Oh, so, uh, you know, I missed pretty much the whole second half, which is probably a good thing because clearly nothing good happened. But, you know, if, if we t- turned that game around and won, you know how gutted that would be just knowing that, knowing that you won, it but you got it. to miss it. Yeah. So, you know, that's just pathetic from KO. And, you know, I've complained about it a few times and they keep blaming my internet. My internet's fine. It happens to everyone. It's ca- clearly KO and they need to fix it. Yeah, I think it's a server issue. I've got a red card, but then I've got a bit of praise for something after it. Cool. So my red cards to um, obviously all the racism in football and then the Slavia Prague player who racially abused Glenn Kamara from Rangers during the Europa League game. Bullshit. Um, he's, did not, he's saying he said something bad, but it wasn't racist. Uh, and it then led to a fight after the game. But then my praise is, and as much as I hate to praise him, I'd also like to give praise to... Salted yesterday in the old firm for going up to him and standing arm in arm with the Rangers players in a show of support for him being racially abused. That's that's actually really wonderful because there is a lot of like heat between those clubs. That is a hostile rivalry. That is you know that's up there with you know Bock and River Plate in terms of animosity. And for them to do that, I thought it was a touch of class. However, red cards him for not giving the guard of honour. That's bullshit. <laughs> but the solidarity first Glenn Kamara and support I thought was good for football. My red card is just going to be 2021 because it's been just as shit as 2020. We're still essentially locked down, not, still not allowed to, you know, go to our games. And I was very upset last week because Marvin, or the week before, because Marvin Hagler died, one of the, um, you know, boxing goats. When's, when's somebody going to come back to life, like, I don't know, Jesus to come and stop this goddamn pandemic? So 2021, get better. He rocked up the um, other oh, the yeah, other match sorry. for about five minutes late, so he that's had, where he was. Jesus <laughs> has come back, I can confirm, and he sits in the away in the sorry in the active end every week and screams Western. <laughs> okay, let's end it there, guys. Thank you guys for joining us today. Don't forget to like and subscribe. I'd like to thank all the new listeners we've had over the last couple of weeks. Um, we've noticed a drastic increase in traffic, so. Well, I'd like to thank the A-League Live app, who I think has helped support that. Yeah, that's really great. We've uh, Shout out to A-League Live app. Make sure you check it out. The best stats in the game. Just do it. But yeah, thanks for everyone for listening. Don't, don't forget you can send us a message on Anchor. So if you want to like, make a joke about Chelsea or Arsenal or Liverpool, Liverpool or the fact that, uh, <laughs> that like, whether or not you like power violence, 
That's the only thing I've got. You, pro- I, I actually enjoy. Or if you just want to talk, I'm so yeah. lonely, man. Yeah, yeah. Send, <laughs> send Jay a message on one eight hundred. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Check us out. Send us a message. So yeah, see you next week. All west, aren't we? 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 <laughs>